This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to a new episode of The Low Show. I'm your host, Lo Von Rumpf. So professional, my God, so intense. Sounds like a welcome to Dateline or 60 Minutes with Low. I like sounding professional, though. You know, I want a professional intro. Reminds me of having a job, what it felt like to have a career. (laughs) I still have a job and a career, but I like a good uh, professional sounding intro. Adds a little spice to the podcast, a little something, something extra. How are you feeling today? How's your week going, boo? I hope it's good. If it's not, no worries. It's going to get better because we have a great show in store for you. And I totally know how you're feeling because last week, I was feeling so off last week. Couldn't even explain it. Don't even know how to put it into words, but I will try. I don't want to say it was depression. Well, maybe it was depression. I don't know. It was a mixture. Like last week was a combination bullshit platter of just a bunch of different feelings. And I just ended up feeling completely off. Just not myself. Part of it was the news, of course, constantly being inundated with the Capitol and the riots and the political shit and all that stuff being thrown always at me. If it's not that, then it's the coronavirus, the pandemic and the news always. It's like tear jerking stories like a mother's dying wish for her son as she takes her final breath after the break. It's like, no, I don't want to hear it. It's a lot. And then on top of that, I feel like I'm in this weird career purgatory career purgatory in the sense of I'm still working right now and I'm thankful to have any work right now because I definitely know some stylists who are not working. So, but the work that I have right now is so different from what I'm used to, what anyone in the industry, entertainment industry would be used to because January, especially like mid-January, it's award show season. It's go time, boo. You get your freaking roller skates on, fires under the ass, who hit it. This is where we're so busy. I mean, there's so many different award shows that happen. This exact time last year, I remember Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tardick were flying in. People's Choice Awards were happening. I'm getting them dressed. She flew in day of the fitting, and I had to get her an outfit that would be perfect for that actual event that was happening just a few hours later. So, I mean, talk about having to really know your client's body. Because, my God, that could be disastrous. But anyway, there's so many award shows like the Grammys, Oscars, SAG Awards, BAFTAs. And there's one thing to have the red carpets, but there's another to have all of the events leading up to after. And there's a lot going on. There's the brunches and the lunches and the pre-Grammy party and the Oscars brunch and the women in film dinner and the Hispanic women hot cakes tapas happy hour and I made that one up but you know it's like there's just so many events and all of those little events like you know the Grammy Museum event or the Elton John Foundation dinner or the Governor's Ball that's after the uh, Grammys or Oscars anyway there's a ton those all have red carpets so media will be there they're going to have their photograph taken so clients need outfits for that so I love being super busy I don't mind the stress I will never take it for granted because I remember not being busy. And that's the great thing about when you're a hustler and and you work from the ground up when you got nothing and it's not handed to you. It's awesome because I will, one, appreciate even the shittiest of times when I'm sleep deprived, not eating and just working my ass off. I 
I love it. I don't take it for granted for a second because I remember, and I've written it down in my journal and I've gone back to it, but I remember uh, this was about 10 years ago and I just really wanted a client to go to an event. I'm like, man, it's award show season and I don't even have a client for the next couple months, man. Like I just, I really can't wait for the day I have one client going to one of these events. And then I got that one client and I remember thinking this felt great. And I was so proud to be able to be part of that special moment with this person. Then I thought, God, it'd be awesome to be busy though. And just feel like those other stylists that are like, I'm so stressed and busy. Like I want to be stressed and busy. Like I want two clients going to an event. Then it got to the point where I was having like three to six. And then I remember one event, I had like 10 clients going to an event. And I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. And and it's, I like having, you know, the interns and I have the assistant and people depending on me, my, my business manager, and of course my clients, they're dependent on me and it's a very special moment in their career and they're entrusting me to, to make them feel and look good with, with what they're wearing. And it will be photographed in high definition cameras and live on forever. It's a really special thing to get invited to these events and it lives on forever. And if I could have any part of making that seamless for my clients, making it feel good, making them feel confident that they enjoy this moment of their career. Oh, I mean, you can't put a price tag on that. I love it. And the people I work with now, all the clients on my roster, they are incredible people. I look at them like family members. They're so sweet and I just adore them. So getting all that human interaction and getting these special, like magical moments, dressing these different kings and queens, I call them, is is everything to me. And it's all stopped. It's not happening right now. LA shut down. Award shows will still happen, of course, but not to the level they once were. And they're just very different. And all those pre-parties and after parties and brunches and lunches and tapas and done. It stopped. Like they're not going to happen. So it's been an adjustment, a mental adjustment for me, because I think around this time of year, because I've had so many award shows under my belt that I naturally start to get like, like the antsy feeling like, okay, here we go. I'm ready. I'm ready. And it didn't happen this year. So again, it was just an adjustment. And of course I get in my head and I can get a little bummed about it sometimes, but I just have to be grateful in the moment and just appreciate what I do have. And I hope we get award shows and a crazy, fun, busy award season like we once had, but I'm focusing on today and the fact that I'm alive and healthy and well. And, and also I'm really big on energy and the energy you put out in the world. And there's enough freaking darkness in this world. So, I mean, especially if you have a podcast, my God, if you're on a microphone, like you need to be a light in people's lives. You can't bring people down. You can't be negative. And people pick up on that, you know, different energy. And again, right now with so much shit happening in the world, and I know people are going through stuff and it's definite hard times. And even though I don't know specifically what certain people are going through, I know it's difficult. I know it's a lot. So the last thing I want to do is be all depressing on a podcast. Like, Lo, put down the microphone, you depressed boot that, like relax and just get in the right headspace. So I do a few different things that have helped me get in a better headspace. I'll share them with you. Okay, so one thing I do is is journaling. It's not for everybody, but I, I happen to love it. And it helps me so much, especially at night. So I buy those little composition books. You can get them on Amazon. I bought a big old pack of them and I've used a ton of them. But start off the day with the to-do list in my little composition book. I write down everything I need to do. Big things, small things. I love checking things off a list. It just makes me feel some sort of accomplishment. And that's great. 
then at the end of the night, I always have so many thoughts going in my head. I got to brain drain it. So I got my comp book and I just write it all out. Sometimes I got a lot to say and I'll just talk about the feelings I had that day, what I was going through, if I had any difficult conversations or weird thoughts, I kind of put that in there. I mean, one day I just wrote today was shit and like period, close the book. Like I just, it was one of those days. Uh, other times, even if it's happy, I write those thoughts down too. And it's just a nice brain drain because then I don't take those thoughts to bed with me. I leave them on the paper, close the book, and then just call it a night and just try and focus on either sleeping or I'll watch something, you know, to fall asleep or, you know, cuddle with little Dookie or anyway, just take my mind off of what was heavy on my brain during the day. That's the first thing. And it's also nice to kind of go back and see what I've written. I don't always reflect on everything I've written. Sometimes I don't even touch it. Uh, but the times I have, it's been great just for, you know, retrospect on things. I went back and read one little journal entry and I was talking about what a great day I had and how positive it was. And I had a conversation with this person and talking about one of my friends and and I felt happy reading it. I was like, oh, that was a fun day. I called that friend and I was like, I remember having a conversation with you about four months ago. It felt so good. I just wanted to check in and see how you're doing. And that friend actually was like, I'm having such a weird day and I'm so glad that you called. Like, yeah, it's good to catch up. It ended up being another great conversation, but those are so needed. So the journal, the little magical journal, writing is not for everyone, but for some reason, it's really helped me. Second thing I do, of course, limiting my news. Now I've picked my news dates. So I got my Tuesdays and my Thursdays are my news days. I can't do Mondays because Mondays are already shitty. And I'm like, oh shit, the new week's here. They're heavy. So Tuesday's great for me. I eat Taco Tuesday and I'll take some of the depressing news. And Thursday are another good day because that's my podcast launch days. Those are when new episodes come out. So I feel like that's positive and I get excited and I'm happy for the podcast to come out. So on those days, I could take a little COVID depression news and find out what's happening in the world politically because I can balance it out with like a feel good podcast um, that just, you know, makes me feel happy. And that's it. Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then maybe I'll touch the news over the weekend, but I'm very careful. Third thing I do to help me stay in a healthy mental place is I'm monitoring my Instagram feed. I love social media, but it could be a toxic place at times. And it could be a place that doesn't make you feel good at times. And I'm just being very conscientious of that, very mindful of that. And I'm taking the steps to just help myself out. And there's ways to do it. So I went on a muting spree. That's right. Mute, 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 mute. I'm doing it. I don't want to unfollow people because people get weirded out by that or they get offended or their feelings hurt. And I don't want to upset anybody. And I don't care if people unfollow me. It happens. But I know there are certain people that do get worked up about it. And I remember I unfollowed one of my friends and I didn't even realize I, I had unfollowed him. And he sent me a message. and was like, hey, like this was like a few weeks later, I guess. And he's like, hey, I, I saw you unfollowed me. I just want to make sure everything's cool. Like, did I say anything to offend you or what happened? And I was like, I didn't even realize that I did that. Like, my bad. Like, I'll follow you back right now. Oopsies. <laughs> you know. But anyway, I don't want to unfollow people because people take it personal, especially right now. Like following, unfollowing, blocking, like there's definitely a social etiquette that comes with it. Like if you follow someone and you're in the room with them and they don't follow you back, let's say if you just meet a new friend, like some people take that as like, oh, that was rude. Especially in the moment for like, oh, I see you. Like, I'm going to follow you right now. And then they don't follow you back. Like, it, I don't know. Some people could think that's rude. 
So again, we're not unfollowing, but we are loving the muting feature on Instagram. That is one of my favorites. And I've definitely been utilizing that mute button because no one's aware of who you mute. That's just between you and Instagram. So uh, you could also restrict profiles too. Uh, But muting has been awesome because I love what my friends post. And of course, I want to support them and like their pictures and stuff. But sometimes, I again, I got to put myself and my mental health first. All right. So I have some friends and they love to post workout videos and they're always like in the little croppity tops. They got the six pack popping, booties popping too. And they look great. No shade to them. You look incredible. And I love that you're posting, you know, fit pictures and looking awesome and like, yes, queen, good for you or king, whatever. But I don't necessarily need to see that, especially if I'm having a tough week. And I remember waking up one morning and this was last week. And I have this one friend and they're posting, I was up at 7 a.m. working out, doing my squats, going into lunges. And they're posting these beautiful photos that are just filtered beyond belief. And it's just like, wow, I'm like over here just trying to get through the day. And I feel like maybe I didn't do enough. I just started the day and I already feel like, damn, I need to do more. Like, I feel I'm over here feeling depressed and this person's like conquering life. I don't feel good about myself in that moment. Mute. Other friends that I have, and they're constantly posting the news and political stuff, and they're just very on top of what's happening in the world, and they're sharing it in their stories, and they're posting quotes and things in their feeds too, and that's great, and I love their perspective, and I want to hear it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I just got to mute it right now. Sorry, don't want to hear it right now. Boom, mute. Those ones got to go. Other friends I have are not even in a pandemic. They're in Cabo San Lucas. They're freaking drinking out of a pineapple. They're, woo, we're in Mexico. Yeah, viva tequila, whatever. And they're freaking riding dolphins, living their best life. And I'm over here in my freaking dirty sweats, eating a freaking sleeve of Oreos. And I'm like, uh, I don't feel good about myself. And also, like, read the room. We're in a pandemic. Like, mute. Boom. Sorry. I got some fashion friends and they love posting their fits. And they're these gorgeous outfits. They're super chic, super stylish. They're showing the new Louis Vuitton bag. They got some cute boots they just ordered. Gift to myself, quarantine treat. And they're constantly posting amazing stuff that they've purchased or PR stuff, free stuff that's always sent to them. I mean, I'll post some free stuff too, just to thank a brand, but I'm mindful of it. And also I'm like, right now, like read the room. Like you're posting like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, like Prada, like shopping spree, like a lot of people can't even pay the rent right now. Like some people are like really hurting and it's like the homeless epidemic and everything. Going, I just, it just doesn't make me feel good. It actually makes me more depressed to see that. Cause I just look at like that person, like they're out of touch. They're not a bad person. I just, again, read the room, mute. Sorry, not for me right now. So I went through and just muted, muted, muted a bunch of people. And I stuck with the accounts that I actually enjoy or look forward to seeing their stories or enjoy their feeds. And I don't know, it just felt really good. Now, when I'm scrolling through Instagram, uh, I'm I'm seeing a lot of, you know, motivational stuff. I'm also seeing like really funny meme pages. Love me a good meme. Uh, anything funny or any satire, I'm obsessed with it. And I like beauty accounts. Like I love like beauty products and stuff like that. So that's, and oh, and like dog accounts. Anything with dogs, pugs, <laughs> I follow. And like now my feed is like pugs, beauty products, and memes. And I think that feels good for a pandemic for me. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. 
McKissick helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Another thing that helps is checking in with friends. And I've, I'm bad at doing that, but I've been putting in the effort. Like Caitlin and Jason, they're gone, you know, in Nashville. We're doing our little FaceTime sessions. I'm checking in with people just to see how they're feeling, you know. And also, I'm keeping my circle of who I hang out with super tight. Very limited people who I'm allowing myself to see. Just because I don't want to get sick and I don't want to get other people sick. And I just want to be very mindful. But the few people that I have been able to see, they bring me so much joy. And I don't know, it's it's good to kind of hang out. And I have been having little dinners with Lucy and we'll cook together. One of my girlfriends, she'll be on the pod and we'll we'll cook these cute dinners together and watch a show. And it just, I don't know, feels good. It's kind of just nice to to be with someone once in a while, you know, which brings me to today's episode. So one friend that I've been able to hang with, she actually lives like six minutes down the street from me. Um, her name is Haley Fitzgerald, and she's today's guest, and she is such a beautiful light, such good energy, a really kind human. Uh, she's had a really interesting life, and she's vulnerable, open, she's authentic, and oh, I just love spending time with her. But interestingly enough, I don't have all of this history with her. We're fairly new friends. We met this year. Well, not this year, 2021. We met last year uh, for my birthday in June. We talk about it a little bit in the episode, but it's really nice to be able to make friends in all stages of your life. But most people think like you get your friends in your 20s and you stick with them and you kind of ride it out. But making friends in your 30s, new friends is so nice. And this is a new friend that I made during a pandemic and we've become so close. I absolutely adore her. I don't base the quality of a friendship based on how long I've known someone. I've never done that. And I know people that do, though. Oh, I'm friends with so-and-so. I've known her since high school. And like, even though you don't have anything in common with that person anymore, and you guys don't really love hanging out, but just because you have such a long history with them, you keep them in your life or you end up making them a bridesmaid in your wedding. And I'm like, really? Like, I don't know. This is not for me. But like, like sometimes you could meet someone and have such like a connection and chemistry with them. And I felt more connection and chemistry than with like a Haley, for example, who I just met. I met her on my birthday in June. And I felt more connected with her than some friends that I've had for well over a decade of history with them. I know there's this saying like, no new friends, people like no new friends in life. I'm like the opposite of that. Always new friends. You should always be able to make new friends. And I'm always open to it. And it's really nice that even in your 30s, 40s, 50s, you could always be open to bringing new people into your life. You shouldn't be afraid of it. You should embrace it. And there are ways to do it. Just have an open mind, open heart and reach out to someone and you'd be surprised. 
And yeah. So anyway, Haley and I became great friends and she's this incredible dancer. My God, she can freaking move it, twerk it, lift it, flip it and reverse it. She can do all the moves. Uh, incredible dancer. I love dancers. I'm, I've, I've slept with dancers. I have best friends with dancers. I've always had dancers and choreographers as part of my life ever since, oh my God, ever since I've been a kid, especially because my mom loves dancing and she's a choreographer and she definitely has some moves. So I, I think that dancers have such a freedom about them and they're, they're little free spirits. And there's something very special about someone who, who goes into that line of work and it's not easy. And this episode, we dive into all of that. It's so nice that Haley is very open, vulnerable, and she just lays it out as if you've ever wanted to dance or be a professional dancer, which was definitely on my list as a kid. Like I thought I wanted to be a professional dancer at one point, but she really lets you in on this episode into what it takes to become a professional dancer, her background. Um, she danced for Jennifer Lopez and a bunch of other stars too big names and she's very respected in the industry and her candor is so refreshing. But here's the thing. The first part of the episode, we go into the life of a dancer, what Haley came from, where she is today, how she's feeling during a pandemic, um, some career highs, career lows, that sort of thing. We go into that and she's like so 100% honest, which is again, so refreshing because this industry, dancing, a lot of stuff in entertainment is really buttoned up. There's it's veiled in secrecy always. So when someone can open up and talk about how much they get paid, what it's like to be a dancer, what's a good gig, what's a bad gig, what kind of artist do you want to work for, who do you avoid? It's very refreshing. Of course, we went overtime on the conversation and we were just having the best time. So we ended up talking about sex life, dating life, what we want in a partner, how we feel during a pandemic. And that episode, well, it's part of this episode, but I'm turning this one into two parts because it, I didn't want to cut it out. So I'm just going to make it next week's show is part two. So we'll go into the world of dating, a dancer, what it's like on the road, sleeping with an artist that you're dancing for. Is it common? Does it happen all the time? What is it like? Haley really opens up and, uh, and so do I. So that's next week's episode. But this week's episode, we're going to give you a little behind the scenes of the world of a dancer. You're going to enjoy it. This is going to bring some sunshine to your day. Let me know what you guys think. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode, shall we? Hey, mm -hmm. wow. So excited. I'm so nervous. <laughs> I've never done this before. <laughs> never. This is episode one, remember? This is episode one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Welcome to a new episode of The Low Show. I have a very special guest with us today. The low lifers are going to love you because you are an incredible queen. Mm. Let me just give a little background info because I like I like to kind of set the stage for the guests because okay. I'm a very visual person <laughs> and I just like to know background, like who the hell is talking right I now? I feel that. Who the okay. hell am I? So this guest that we have today, she is not only a dancer, a singer, a writer, an actress, Aww. model. Okay, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. You need to dial it back. I know people hate the word, but I'm going to say it. Influencer. Aww. A big influencer. Influential in my life. That's for damn sure. I love you. And an all-around incredible human being. She's a, on the dance side. She has danced on the stage with such names as Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Not Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> She's also danced, did samba with Derek Huff. She's done the splits with Julianne Huff. 
they're good friends too. Uh, and we have a lot of mutual friends too. Ariel mm-hmm. Vandenberg is a good friend of mm-hmm. ours. And yeah, she brings a lot of special gifts to this world. Mm-hmm. And her, her voice is incredible. Speaking voice is really soothing too. But <gasps> you're, when you sing and you got the little ukulele going, oh. she's my favorite person to follow oh. on Instagram. And one of the top, I'd say top three people I've met in the last 10 years of my miserable <gasps> life. So without further ado, welcome to the live show, I... the iconic Haley Fitzgerald. Hello, hello, hello. I am welcome. so excited to be here. You yeah. already know how much I love you. I You're love you such too. a special human. Yeah. Like, <laughs> seriously, when you asked me to be a part of this, I was like, <gasps> sure. No, more than sure. I was like, oh my God, I Hell feel yes. special. Oh, yeah. as we drop everything my and a motorcycle goes by. <laughs> Well, I, I guess it's interesting because we have been friends, but for not the longest time. And yeah. we were just talking about that earlier. But I met you uh, through one of my best friends, Max, mm-hmm. and we did this cabin retreat. Mm-hmm. So fun. I it miss was, it. Okay. So this year for my birthday, with the whole pandemic going down, we had to keep it. This was June, June baby mm-hmm. birthday. So we decided to just do a cabin. And it was mainly for Max's birthday because it was more Max's friends. But I was like, Max and I have the same birthday. We're, we're both born June 30th. So mm-hmm. anyway, we show up to the cabin and Haley, you're there. And w- when I walked in, there's just something special about you. There is a light. I pick up on energy of people mm-hmm. too. And there was definitely like a very little special energy situation happening. I love you. So I, I don't know. Ever since that <laughs> moment, I was freaking hooked. hooked on, I was drinking the Haley Kool-Aid. Drinking the Haley Kool-Aid. I was drinking the low Kool-Aid for sure, though. Because you, you're just, you're so, you're just so different from most people. You're just, like I've said, we were, we've been talking for like two hours before this, but you just really are so special and you're so welcoming. You're non-judgmental. You're, you just like love life. You love yourself. And that whole combination is just... Yeah. It's so special. Well, thank you for I've, saying that. I, can I swear on this thing? You okay, sure. I fing love you. <laughs> I fing love you. Okay. Love you too. I think that favorite. we are similar in many ways. Yeah. Complete opposites in other ways too. I think that makes for a beautiful friendship. Same. Uh Shar, one of your best friends, who's now a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. polar opposite of you. But mm-hmm. you guys get along great. We do. And I love okay, so this is <laughs> I was really drinking the Kool-Aid when I first met you. <laughs> and you're such a little free spirit. Very <laughs> she spilled a little rose on herself. It. It's okay. Damn Don't, it. She's like, Don't you dare <laughs> tell people that I just had a stroke. Uh, basically shit. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up okay, so we're in this cabin, Lake Arrowhead, and I I remember you were like, I had made a cocktail. It was like the sun was about to go down. And you said, Lo, let's go and just like walk in the forest. <laughs> And let's explore a little bit. And I was like, no, thanks. <laughs> Not really something I'd want to do. But yeah. you were so into it. Plus, like Stevie Nicks was playing in the uh, background. She'll make you do anything. She really will. And then you just look like, I don't know, like you were down for an adventure. And you're like, I said, what are we going to do down there? Because it was like from the patio area, uh-huh. backyard, you could see. Like, it just looked like a lot of spiders. And it was like <laughs> really dark, foresty, Obviously. tree type area. And the night before... We had heard an animal being eaten alive. <gasps> That's right. Oh, my gosh. Weto yeah. and I literally saw a shooting star. And we we're like, oh, my God, yes. And then all of a sudden we heard something die, like yeah. straight up murder. You hear, I think it was probably like a coyote eating yeah, something. a little rabbit animal. or something. 
and you hear like the scurrying and then like, <laughs> like and the, screaming. It yeah, bones eventful. cracking. And yeah, it was it's the craziest shit ever, actually. I was like, oh my God. I was on mushrooms. That's right. So I thought there was a cannibal. Uh, I automatically went to there's a murder, someone's being eaten, yeah. something dark like that. Which is fun. Oh, that was my first shooting star I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> How sad. I've been in LA way too that long. That was your first, wait, what? Never seen your a shooting first star. ever? No. Low. Never seen one. What the f***? Still haven't seen one. I mean, I mean, I saw one that night on shrooms, but outside of that. <laughs> You're like, I don't really. But outside of that moment, I've never seen another shooting star. Okay, we have to go to a Joshua Tree or something yeah. together. We don't really have stars in LA. Minus all no. of the celebrities. <laughs> minus <laughs> us. Jeez. <laughs> Minus the stars you're listening to. Yeah, we're like crazy. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, so when you were like, let's go explore the forest, mm-hmm. wasn't really on my to-do list. But then I you're thought, like this bitch. yeah, let's try it out. So I had my cocktail and I had my little red solo cup and you, I just follow you down. It's not easy to get down there into the foliage, <laughs> if you will. I'm trying right. to think of the right word. But we started exploring and I see there's like a lot of like trash and stuff, you know, like some like condom wrappers and <laughs> some ran- spot that, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's like some random like just trash toilet paper and stuff you could see it kind of like mm-hmm. anyway so i see Haley, and i had stuck my solo cup that i finished my cocktail so i like stuck it in like a tree or a bush or something Wait, did you really- yeah and then i look and Haley is literally picking up trash <laughs> she's picking it up and putting it in her her dress <laughs> Or whatever you were wearing, your over, you had like overalls, I had overalls on, overalls, and she's like picking up trash, and like she can not even like walk to, like you can't even really walk because you're carrying like trash, like picking up little pieces, and I was like, oh shit, I can't, I can't add to the I didn't trash. Know that you put a f- solo in the goddamn I, like, tree, threw the ice out and stuck I will it kill in. you. So then I like, I was like, oop, she cares about the earth. <laughs> She's one of those. She's one of those. Oh, <laughs> oh Greenpeace. So I, I was like, yeah, me too. So I picked up my cup and I like started adding trash Aww. to it. And you found, I think it was a soccer ball. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was. You're and right. You're like, look at, we found a soccer ball. Who am I? And you're like, like, let's take this soccer ball. And I was like, I don't even want to touch that nasty ball. It's fucking gross. And like, who knows who's touched it? I don't want it. And right. you're like, we're going to play soccer. And if we don't, that's fine. But we have the option. <laughs> Get the ball. Get the ball. Is she freaking carried it trying to go up the fucking <laughs> stairs with the ball and all her trash? It was an incredible moment. You picked a few little flowers on the journey, I did, too. I did. I remember that. Wow. Yeah. But you just enjoyed nature yeah, and absolutely. all it had to offer. And it's something I don't usually do. So <laughs> that was my first experience getting to hang out with you. And I freaking loved it. Ooh. And then you read, um, you're into reading tarot cards. Mm-hmm. You can read. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you did that, and then yeah. you told me my aura was orange. Yeah, I remember that. Aww. Yeah, and I looked that up, and it meant, like, it was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, like, positive stuff. Yeah. Anyway, after that little weekend retreat for my birthday, which, hands down, was probably one of, in my 31 years of living, one of my favorites. Same. I'd say it was, like, top five birthdays for me, if not yeah. top two. Oh. I loved it. Ooh. It, it just, it felt, I don't know, a birthday like that with, uh, with just being in a cabin yeah. with no... We didn't really have cell service. No, I had the, none. Yeah, the Wi-Fi was shit. It was just good music. We had some shrooms, had some great food. We yeah. laughed, cried, and just had a wonderful time. It was like the best. I had such a good time, so I'm glad you did too. Yeah, so I feel like in I don't like to measure friendships on how long you've known someone yeah. because I feel like we got the little Disneyland fast pass 
We did. And to friendship. And we just kind of went to the freaking front of the line and got mm. to know each other really, really well. Yeah. In an intense little amount of time. Yeah. And then we've stayed friends since, which yeah. has been awesome. So, okay. I want to give the listeners a little background. It's to Haley dancing, but you are this successful dancer, this beautiful person, beautiful woman mm. with a lot of talent. Aww. But let's just take it back to Haley. Let's take it And back. her little overalls with her pigtails. From Wisconsin. From Wisconsin. That's where you're born and raised. Yep. Oh, man. Do you miss it every day? Honestly, yeah. Really? <laughs> I, I do. I miss Wisconsin a lot. Why do you miss that? Well, because I'm say it like it's you're a like, negative. what the f***? I'm like, no, I know. I'm sure I've never <laughs> been to Wisconsin, but I'm sure it's beautiful. Well, it is like nothing special. So mm. it's, but also. Cheese. The, such good cheese. And. It's just a small little quaint lifestyle. Mm. Like when you live over there, you're just living to fucking live. And I love that. That's that's my whole like morale. It's yeah. you're on this earth to just appreciate everything and just live and be in the moment. And I'm not going to lie. L.A. is the complete opposite. Like <laughs> I am so grateful for my career. Like I wouldn't know what I would do without my career. That's why I don't live in Wisconsin because I can't make my career out there. Yeah. So career More on the dancer side. Dancer side, like just, just business side in general. I think, you know, it is kind of important to be out in LA, like live in LA if you're trying to get that foot in. I really do think that's important. But Wisconsin, I just, I miss that lifestyle. I miss just... I feel like people in LA are just always working, working, working to get something higher and better and better. And I need this. And I need this. Always and the next opportunity. Yeah. And I feel like no one's ever truly happy with where they're at. And then you go to Wisconsin and like, granted, depression's fucking real out there too. Winter. Hello. But it's yeah. it's like people really are just living life and pre-COVID, obviously, like if you went to a bar, everyone would make friends and it's just there to be humans together. And I... I really do miss that lifestyle a yeah. lot. When did you leave it and come here to Ooh. L.A.? How old were you when you moved to L.A.? I was, I just turned 18. Just turned 18. I was a bubba. Yeah. bubba. And you're all of 26 years old now. Yes. Even though okay. you said you thought I was 21 earlier. And Looks that made me feel so 21. good. I will take that yeah. shit. <laughs> so you um, moved here at 18. Moved here at 18. Were the, was the family bankrolling you? They bank rolling no like no providing the funds no i've been because it's expensive to live out here i've been paying for everything since i was 18 wow granted i did have some money saved up from because my dad has parkinson's disease and Mm. when you have a disease like that the government will give your kid money until they're 18 so i had Mm. some savings from that and i decided because if i were to go to college i i hundred percent would have flunked out. Like I, it's, did you not enjoy school? I hated school, but just because people told me how to learn and I don't like that. I, I'm a very hands-on, very visual and all my, not all my teachers sucked, but like, yeah. they came Ziba, you yeah. know, you weren't happy with the teaching. No. And it just wasn't, it, it just wasn't my thing. I liked art and I knew that I could make it without college. And so I moved out here at 18, didn't know anybody. When I say I didn't know anybody, I didn't even know a thing about the dance industry. I didn't know anything. I, and that's was, was your main goal was to break into the dance yes, world. Yes. I knew <sighs> ever since growing up, I knew that I wanted to entertain I always made stupid videos growing up off of the camcorder and 
Like I just loved being creative. I loved making people laugh. And I knew that was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Like I know my purpose on earth is to make people smile, make people feel good about themselves and just enjoy life. Like I know that's why I'm here. But with dance, because I've been actually training in it since I was three years old, I was like, okay, that'll probably be the easiest route. Did you dance like in high school? And Yeah, I've been dancing since I was three years old. It was a part of the studio and then, you know, kept going. And I'm not talking shit about Wisconsin, but there isn't like the best training in Wisconsin, you know, but I learned the best, whatever. I don't want to. People from Wisconsin, how dare she? (laughs) How fucking literally. We hate her. (laughs) We're a world renowned dancers. No, but like I love all my teachers from dance. They have taught me a lot. It's small potatoes. You got to come to New York or LA. Right. Did you think about going to New York? Isn't that closer to Wisconsin? It's like, Wisconsin's just f***ing Wisconsin. Like, you got to travel anywhere to go anywhere. Fair. (laughs) But I thought L.A. had more of the entertainment field in it. Because I like singing and dancing and acting and all that shit. And L.A. is more for, like, that kind of thing, in my opinion. Unless you want to do Broadway. Which I'd love to someday. I am. Anybody out there? Yeah. Listening? Um, I don't put it past you, by the way. At all. And when I say, like, she came to L.A., just to give context... Last major gig you had, which was not that long ago, was the Super Bowl. Yeah. She was on the Super Bowl stage with Jennifer Lopez and Jennifer Shakira. Lopez and Shakira. I think that's an iconic moment in anybody's yeah. career. Okay, sorry. So go. I'm just wanting people to no, know. Like, no, no, you're I'm, you're an incredible I dancer. So. Okay, Wisconsin, you come here yeah. with just a little bit of Parkinson's money in your bank account <laughs> and a dream. Fuck, I love you so much. A little bit of Parkinson's money out here with a dream. I was terrible, mind yeah. you. Like, I was bad. And then I trained for like... As a dancer. As a bit... Da- oh, my God, when, yeah. When you got here, you yeah. thought you were bad? Yeah. Even if you watch videos from back when I was really? 18, you're like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> wow. Yeah, but I worked my fucking ass off. That's Did the difference. Did you start uh, training with different like yeah. professional dancers? Yeah, I started... I just started training with every choreographer. I started working at a studio called Movement Lifestyle. I just worked there. So I got free classes from it. Mm, And I just took as many classes as I could. I just wanted to be the best that I can be. That's how I kind of go about everything in my life. Like, I'm not going to give it a huge shot until I know that I have learned as much as I can and like yada, yada, yada. Uh, So I got so much better in that first year just because of... wow where I was at and 19 years old now, 19 years old now. And then I met up with a choreographer named Kyle Hanagami and he kind of took me underneath his wing and had connections through that. Yada, yada, yada. Fast forward to my first real job, which was Derek and Julianne Huff. That was the Mm -hmm. tour that I went on. So I got the audition from my agency and I didn't go. Why? Because I thought, well, I don't know how to do ballroom. Oh, I don't know a, how to do they ballroom. ballroom well, they, they asked for a ballroom dancers and like oh. this and that. And I was just like, I'm I'm not good enough. I'm I'm not what, what they're looking for. What have you been learning or what was your passion type of dance? I just liked dancing, bitch. Yeah. Like that's but not the ballroom. Not side. ballroom. I had no like when I say I have no fucking idea. I had no idea. It's beautiful of ballroom. to watch though. Oh, it's gorgeous. I love it. So didn't go to that audition, and I ended up assisting Kyle on the job because Kyle ended up choreographing for it. Oh, wow. So I was in rehearsals, dancing, yada, yada, yada. And then one of the girls on tour had to bail out. And Jules and Derek were like, Haley, do you just 
Do you want to join and like step in and go on tour? And I was like, yeah. And I learned ballroom from Derek and Julianne Huff, my first ballroom class. Wow. From like the best of the best. Incredible. Yeah. And you were great at it. I Do you consider learned. yourself a great, I mean, to be on tour with them, they wouldn't take someone who didn't have it. Well, I couldn't perform. I performed as best as I could and just. You're killing it. There's no way Derek Huff and Julianne Hoof <laughs> are going to have you on their tour on that stage with them if they didn't think you could hang. Well, I think they also saw that I work really hard. And yeah. I think for anybody, for anybody out there who like wants to succeed and have a dream and go for it, it's just like work hard. How did you end up getting signed to an agency? Do you think that if you come out here with the dream of being a professional dancer, mm-hmm. you should get signed to an agency? I think so. I think that it's obviously not impossible. I think connections are everything. So if you meet a choreographer, this and that, they'll hire you for stuff, which is great. An agency is just, they will send you out on other shit besides okay. that kind of stuff. I, th- I think it is important. Like other shit, like commercials. Commercials are just stuff that you wouldn't have from the choreographers that you meet. Like it's just a good, it. it's all networking. Their outreach is way bigger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I first got it. I got an agency the second I think the first month that I lived out here, second month, I went to a cattle call for, I looked up, someone was like, oh, CTG is throwing a audition thing. And like I just- An open audition. An open audition. There was so many people, but I went and they saw something in me and- That's like old great. school auditions. Yeah, I know. That's like being a model and going to like a casting. Literally. Wow. It's so, so different now. Oof. They don't do that anymore? I, don't, I think they do, but not as, I don't know. I have no idea what's going on in life to be. Yeah. Well, it's all changed too with the, with the pandemic. It's yeah, all right. freaking changed. So you end up getting signed to an agency, right? Yeah. And then what was your first gig that you're like, well, I guess the Derek Cuff yeah. and Julianne would be your first, first major assignment. Do, do those type of things like, I'm just curious and you don't have to answer if you don't mm-hmm. want to, but I really hope you do want to. <laughs> no shit. Like a Derek Huff and Julianne, you're going on tour, right? Yep. So you're going to be gone for how long? Six months? It, there, theirs was short. Theirs was three months. Three months mm-hmm. on a tour bus. Yep. How many other dancers? There were maybe like up to ten. Oh my god, I don't even remember. That's terrible. Yeah. I think it was like around ten. Okay. So 10 around 12. ten dancers, three months gone on a tour bus. Do these gigs pay well? <laughs> <laughs> they, no, they do. They do. They, they definitely do. do. Like comfortable. I think touring is some of the like best money that you can get in my in my opinion you've been on tour yeah i've been on tour well i went on tour well i went i just went on tour with julianne and Derek. oh yeah for two years and then i just went on tour with j-lo this past summer last summer i think holy shit yeah and it and it was it a world tour uh jen's was a world tour yeah wow so we went we first started in the u.s so we went all around the u.s and then we went to like europe and did all that stuff and it was it was amazing. Like, what's better than being paid to do what you love and traveling the world? Yeah. Like, there there's nothing better. It's a lot of f***ing work, I'll tell you that. And the weirdest f***ing part is that every dance job that I've had compared to other dancers, like, I have had the <laughs> hardest jobs. Like, mm. even Derek and Julianne's tour, it's, it's very dance heavy. It's all Like, dance. it is dance heavy. And so, and you're doing that sometimes two shows a day and bitch, I look skinny. I look snatched yeah. because I, I mean, was just dancing. Your body is being put through the yeah. ringer though. 
And then Jen's was all dance too. Like I've had very dance heavy bass jobs, which I'm thankful for. What happens? Let's say you're dancing and then, I don't know, pull a muscle. Something happens. Good luck. No, wait. Do you get paid though still? Because you're still on tour, but it's like, and you have a replacement, someone that comes in and be like, you're going to be Haley tonight because she just pulled a hamstring. So also every job that I've had, we haven't had swings, which is... Back up. Usually you have a swing. Yeah, which is like a person who knows every track and then you go in if someone gets hurt. And That's like kind of scary. Yeah. J-Lo doesn't have swings no, for her she dance. she doesn't. Why? Budgetary restraints? Um, <laughs> like, that's, so... that's honestly my first guess. Um, that is my guess. That's, that's crazy, my crazy, though. Yeah. She's a world superstar that has right. so much money in the bank. I know. So... So if you're out, let's say, okay, you're on, you didn't, well, someone had I to even, have gotten we were, hurt. We were in Vegas and. For her residency. For her residency. Cause I was on J-Lo's. Oh, that's right. I Vegas, forgot she yeah. did. How long did she do that residency? Uh, three years. You lived in Vegas for three years. I don't know, three years, which was, I like Vegas is PTSD. I will not. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't go back there. It's, it wasn't the best. It's, it's not even that it was the best. It was a great a great job, like great opportunity, but living in a hotel on and off, like living in a hotel for a month and you don't have a kitchen, you don't have like anything. It's what? because they set us up in Planet Hollywood. I would kill myself. <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. Okay. This podcast is going to just get so good <laughs> with all these questions I have for you. I can't even speak. I have so many questions. I thought you were living in a home or no. an apartment. They gave you an apartment. No. You're three years on and off in a hotel Planet room. Hollywood. Is it at least similar to a deluxe suite, presidential suite, junior suite? Are we talking? It was, we stayed in Planet Hollywood. Did you have your own hotel room? I had my own hotel room. Absolutely. Oh, which is God. like so nice. That's, yeah, but come on. Okay. So. Because some, a lot of, a lot of people don't even get their own hotel room. So I'm glad that we had that, you know? This. <laughs> <laughs> For people listening, like that are like, I want to be a dancer. I'm like, you sure? Like, really think, think this one over? Because I oh. look at it like there's some artists that are at a high caliber: a Justin Timberlake, a Jennifer Lopez. Mm-hmm. I put Bruno Mars. I'm trying to think who else is up in that huge. Like, oh damn, Madonna, right. Janet Jackson. Like, anyway, so those are iconic, legendary type yeah. singers that have a lot of money, a lot of clout, a lot of connections. So I don't, it's crazy to me that a, one of their dancers and on JLo's residency tour mm-hmm. or re, not tour on JLo's residency, residency yeah. how many dancers were there for that? I think there's 12, 12 of you. That's Maybe more. a little dozen of you guys. Why can't I think anymore? Is yeah. It, I think there was around, around a know. dozen, whatever. It couldn't have been more than what? 15 max. No. For sure, not more than that. So you guys are all in regular rooms at the Planet mm-hmm. Hollywood. Room service? Can you order whatever you want? Uh, are they, you kidding me? No, no, me? no. They, they gave... <laughs> if you tell me that you had to pay for all your own We food, had per diem. We okay, had per diem. Great. Yeah. So you can order from room service or you can go down to the circus circus. You have a certain amount of per diem. Get yourself a little something. You can gamble with it. You have a certain amount of per diem. Got it. And are we talking about per diem? Is, we have a certain amount of per diem. Got it. So we're not talking like a steak dinner, more like an in and out vibe. That, Del Taco <laughs> lifestyle. A certain amount of per diem. <laughs> wow. All right. But the, the dancing part of it, if you did get injured, I'm sure someone had to have gotten injured no, and there's we, no swing. So yeah, they're just out for that performance. Definitely. You have to like 
obviously we care about the show too and we want it to look good. So, sorry. <laughs> 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 you realize um, that you can literally live off Del Taco <laughs> and you're dancing for J-Lo. Oh, no. Looking it for was, value meal it coupons. It was good. I'm not talking any shit on this job because it was really good and it started. But it could be a great job even though it's not necessary not necessarily paying that much. Right. Exactly. Most people would equate a good job with like the money was exactly. Good. But the experience, the clout. I think the experience, the connections, just like also growing. I grew so much as a human in that. But yeah, if someone got hurt, you had to like really be hurt in order to be out of the show. I also remember one of the dancers had kidney stones and still danced the show. So <laughs> Um, Are you kidding me? I'm Someone's not. literally passing a kidney stone. Yeah. Waiting for tonight. Right. And she's like, oh, yes. Killing it. But all, like also. Wow. It, I don't know. Whatever. It's. That sucks. Yeah. That part sucks. But it's also. Don't you have union though? Don't they protect you? It's not union. It's not union. It's non-union. Are, but are all of them like that? I actually don't know. All I know is that. This one wasn't, wasn't union. This residency, okay. No. So they could, if, yeah, if you're injured, then. Oopsie daisy. <laughs> yeah. Let's take it to the Super Bowl. Mm. Were you able to buy a brand new car after that Super Bowl? Because I pictured the Super Bowl. <laughs> Although I did hear. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I heard that the artist doesn't get paid. And actually that is factual. Lady mm. Gaga came out publicly and said, this doesn't pay anything. But it does pay off because the amount for the artists, the endorsements, the commercials mm -hmm. that usually will, you're going to do the Super Bowl. You drop a tour right after that. It right. makes sense to go on tour. The promotion it gives to an individual artist is insane. Yeah. So the payoff, there's that. For the dancers, you get to dance at the Super Bowl. This is a mm -hmm. huge moment in anybody's career. I couldn't even imagine being on that Super Bowl stage. So there you are. Dancing it on <laughs> stage. Did you like your costume? Let's start <clears throat> off with that. Oh, the costume was tight. Incredible. So tight. Like tight as in I can't breathe and I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> A little bit of both, you know. Got it. No. <laughs> no, it was like I felt fly, like the makeup, the hair, the like the look. It was yeah. it was everything. Yeah. And J Lo was on a stripping pole. She was living her life. She's baby. sixty-five. She up there. Fifty-six. She's, no, 54. Crazy. She's fifty-four. She's in her. She's not fifty-four. She's fifty. No. She's I not. just had her fifty. I sang at her fiftieth birthday. <laughs> like, or was that? Uh, so she might be fifty-one now. That was now. four years ago. No, it was not. That was last year. How old is Jennifer Lopez? She's fifty-one. I told you. I, I don't even Hello? know why I'm challenging the yeah, person what? who. Wait, you performed at Jennifer Lopez's birthday? Oh my god, it was. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about that actually for a yeah. second. If anyone is fearful of and like doing anything, here's a nice little story for you. It was Jen's 50th birthday. We were on tour and her music This is the world tour happening. The world tour, yeah. So Kim Burns who does like her music and stuff, she was putting together like a 10-minute song entertainment thing for Jen for her birthday cuz Jen was having a 50th birthday party in Florida. So massive party, a massive party. Yeah, it was great. You know, like it's she's rich. It was great. <laughs> 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 so much stuff there. It's loaded. So right. 
open bar. Exactly. Well, mm-hmm. and that was if you the just best told part. me like. Actually, just for the dancers, they didn't have open. You, they're like, we actually had separate to pay for our yeah. tab. <laughs> no, open bar. So open bar, great. It was Dressed up, right? Like, didn't she wear like a little yeah. skimpy number? Oh my God, she looked fantastic. I looked fantastic. Yeah. Everyone looked fantastic. So Kim Burns puts on this thing. All of her backup singers and like her kids are singing in it. Stevie oh. Mackey. Do you know who Stevie Mackey is? He's, oh, he's incredible. Like teaches everyone how to sing. Oh, the vocal coach. Yeah, vocal yeah. coach. I f- love him. He's awesome. Uh, so Kim Burns was like, you're going to sing in Jen's birthday show. And I said, oh, no, absolutely f- not. But you no, sing. I'm not. You're no, a singer. No, no. You I, are. I sing for fun when no one's looking at me. I've watched your videos online. <laughs> you're an awesome singer. I wish I was your favorite girl but i've never sang like live in front of people okay and not like folk shit that i sing on yeah, the ukulele you'll do ukulele right. type renditions but i enjoy them but uh, this is i love you but but also i don't think you should be too worried because j-lo can't sing either i said it low i said it low. you won't say you i say it. you all thought it stop you, that uh- <laughs> Anyways, moving on. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I don't think Jello is a vocalist, but that's my opinion. Other people think differently. I, I personally wouldn't isolate the vocals. I'm literally going to f- tackle you right if now. If you listen on YouTube, the isolation of vocals for Jennifer Lopez, you will want to scream. I, anyways. So, go ahead. You're there. I and will you're, punt you. You're about to be on stage. <laughs> so, Kim forced me to do this shit. And I've never sang in front of anyone before like ever and i chose to have my mm, big moment at jen's 50th f-ing birthday in front of everybody it was kiss today goodbye the sweetness and the sorrow kiss today goodbye and point me toward tomorrow beauty and the beast <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? I hate you. Well, now I'm blanking. My brain is gonna make. It's not kick line, is it? No, it's but um, it's from somewhere. So from somewhere. So the, this is terrible. Remember, it's the only people singing in this thing are her backup singers, Stevie Mackey and her kids, and then a random f- backup dancer who like occasionally sings with a ukulele. Like what the? F- Why that did they is? want you on stage? I'm because just curious. Kim Burrs is the sweetest f-ing human in the whole entire world, oh, so and he, she is she, like. She always pushes for me and she's always been like, you're going to make it like, I know you're going to make it. So she's like, I'm going to force you to do this, which I wanted to literally cry and commit suicide like right then and there. (laughs) But I did it. And bitch, she gave me a solo. A solo. So there's like dance floor. Everyone's like glory, like beautiful and shit. And I, (laughs) I get out to the stage and I have this microphone and it's just me. It's just me like. J-Lo sitting right in front of me like all these people and I'm like kiss today goodbye <laughs> my voice starts getting shaky because I'm so nervous which almost is good because then people think you're emotional right for exactly J-Lo. oh no just wait though so mind you the song is like kiss today goodbye the sweetness and the sorrow wish me luck the same for you and I won't forget something something it's basically how I took it was this is my last dance job and like wish me luck the same for you like goodbye it's been so nice working for you with uh-huh. jen like that's how i that's how i took it so i actually was really f- emotional i started 
crying. <laughs> oh my god! Like literally hundreds of people, and I'm on one mic on the fucking stage, and I'm like voice cracking. <laughs> and I'm like, and then instead of just like and going on, I go, I'm sorry, I'm crying, and I don't know why. Into the microphone. <laughs> No. What the f is wrong with me? What is J Lo and A Rod doing? They're just like, oh man. They were looking. They were looking at me. Probably like, oh poor thing. Oh no, Jen was like, oh, it's so sweet. And I'm like, yeah. not me crying and yeah. like voice shaking. Instead of it being your big moment, because right? you know there were some big wigs I, in there. No, you so I was like, signed. I'm gonna fing sound amazing. Yeah. You have presidents of labels. <laughs> Damn it. I ruined it for myself. But and then you know what the f worst part was? What? Was afterwards. It's it worse than that. Um, kinda, yeah. Because everyone comes up to me, like strangers, like famous people come up to me and they're like, that was so like authentic. Mm. And I was like, that is so not a compliment. That like was that really is brave. that was really brave of you. <laughs> you <laughs> I was like, I should just kill myself now. Yeah. Like, I think this is my last day. I think and this that was the great. People probably thought it was endearing though. It probably just oh, made barf in my I you could have wanted done good, your American okay? Idol moment. I did. I was like, here's my time to shine and then cried. So I'm a puss. That's okay, though. That's okay, because you you do have a beautiful voice and you were just put on the spot. And it's all right. Oh, no, we practiced. Oh, <laughs> here's like rehearsals. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Haley. Yeah, I'm a piece of shit. It's great. It's all right. No, you're going to have another moment to shine. Uh... Her birthday, her next, her 60th. All right. There you go. Fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no All right. So you performed at the Super Bowl. It didn't pay very well, but no. it. Uh, <laughs> no, it didn't. No, we're going to be honest. It didn't. It doesn't. But you know what? I think people would be really interested in hearing that because I think of someone on that stage. I'm like, dang, they must be rolling. Like, that's the pinnacle of like, well, I don't know. Maybe that's not the top of the top for a dancer. Maybe there's other things. But in my opinion, just from a, I don't know, watching dancers right i would think right getting to the level of a super bowl would be you the think. highest paying <laughs> and the like coolest job ever it was the coolest job ever it was the coolest but it wasn't the highest paying it i definitely thought like if we're gonna be transparent i definitely thought that it was gonna pay more yeah like i really did i did so when these contracts are given to dancers, is it given directly to you or does it go through your agency? Can they fight to get your rate up? Does every dancer get the same amount of money? Do some get paid more than others based on seniority or is it all equal? I'm just curious. No, Sorry. that's good questions. No, that's really good questions. Usually it is. It does have to do with seniority. Usually like when I was dancing with Jen in the Vegas show, the people who were dancing with her for 11, like 10 plus years, they're going to get paid more. They were the captains of it. like. Absolutely. That makes sense. I went into Super Bowl with Jen being one of the like one of the six original dancers that she's been working with for the past like four years. And we didn't get higher pay for that, which not like I don't know, it it does kind of suck just because that ego gets a hold of you and you're like, wait, but I've been dancing with her for how many for years? So far I have dedicated my whole life to her and I'm not getting paid more like my ego definitely. And the performance itself is one thing but how many months it was weeks, three months three months of rehearsal on and, location on location so i was in miami for three months and it would have been the same if you would have danced at the golden nugget or i'm sorry the golden nugget <laughs> it would have been the same if you danced the at golden nugget i'm such a bitch <laughs> i'm a terrible person it, it just, would have been the same if you danced at planet hollywood yeah that's crazy to me yeah 
It was, it was, um, I'm not, I'm not shocked though. Like if again, transparency and I, I, anybody who's listening to this, who wants to be a dancer, like just know that the money is, is honestly not great. They don't take dancers seriously. We don't get seen as important. We are seen as very replaceable. And that is disheartening because I've been working since I was three years old and I love what I do. And I've worked my ass off to be the dancer that I am. And no one takes it seriously wow. with pay or with any of it. Like it's, it's, uh, it's kind of disappointing if I'm going to be and straight that's up. Even if you are union, even if you are having a union fight for yeah. you, it's well, still. You, union fights are different. Like union jobs, they pay a lot. They, that's a nice pay. But most of the jobs that I've done are non-union. So. Yeah. But those are like some tours, mm-hmm. some huge like Super Bowl type performances. Yeah. And those aren't union. Yeah, no. Which is, I was surprised by that. I was surprised that Super Bowl wasn't. It's union when you get to a certain point, but the yeah. rehearsals prior were Like not. when I watch like the Masked Singer, they'll have dancers on that. And those, that's union. Those are union. So they're probably making more than you made doing the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, literally. My roommate, Wedo, he he's on Masked Singer. He he makes good good money. Yeah, the TV stuff is where you make a lot of money as so a dancer. So someone wanted to get into dancing, but wanted to let's say make a living to support a family. A family, they yeah. should definitely go. don't be a dancer. <laughs> 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 if you want to support a family, just don't be a dancer. So what happened? Okay, what if you guys are J Lo has her dancers. You guys have been working with her for four or five years, right? Mm-hmm. What if you guys have a little team meeting and you say, hey. We need to make some more money, honey. And mm-hmm. I know this has happened. I know. Well, I'm friends with a lot of dancers too, yeah. but I don't know the outcome. But let's say you guys band together and say, hey, we're not union, but we've been with J-Lo this long because there is a lot of value in the fact that you're comfortable with the artist. They're comfortable with you. Are we you, talking about Super Bowl type stuff though? No, no. I'm talking about, uh, let's just say uh, going on a tour, for okay. example. And and you are given an amount and it's not something that you're happy about or anyone's that happy about. And it, but it's a great artist and you're comfortable with a J-Lo or whoever it could be. If you guys, let's say the 12 dancers were to have a little powwow and say, we need to make more money and go to the artist. Isn't that something they can do? You never go to the artist. That's, that's kind of what it is. Oh, what you like realize. Management is the, plays the bad guy. It's always management. I, I honestly think that like, not that anything bad happened with J-Lo, but right. it's, I think that she didn't even know a lot of the stuff that was going on because it is through management and the just the you know steps down the levels down can you tell can you share what happened with dancers if not it's okay what i'll say is there was an artist who hired a bunch of dancers to do her residency big artist big artist big artist very big artist like she has money and household name yeah and all of these dancers got together and we're like, no, we deserve more money. And all of them all like, there was a lot of dancers in that too. At least like, at least 12 too, maybe, maybe a little bit less, but they got all together. They're like, no, we deserve more money. We're putting our foot down every single one of them, which is the thing that you're supposed to do as a dancer. You should never be uh, like, it should always be together because that's the more powerful way. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Well, they did that. And then they all got fired. Oh, they damn. all got fired, got replaced. And they'd been uh, this artist, long-term dancers. They've danced with this person. I don't know if it was long-term dancers, but they had been in rehearsal for about a month, um, a month or maybe even more, maybe two months. And they got 
fired probably two weeks before the show started. Whoa. Hired new dancers. All that, new dancers. That agreed with that money. And then they taught them in the two weeks and, and did the show. And that's, you know, that's kind of the struggle with the dance industry because everyone is replaceable. Like everyone is very talented nowadays. So they're just going to keep paying less and less and less they for dancers. Someone that just came here. Yeah. That would be willing to do it for less. Yeah. There's no, there's no special thing about dancing anymore. It's very, it's sad. So what's the next step for someone who is uh, a dancer that's been on tour? Where do they go in their career? Because I'm assuming there's also a very specific age where it's like the, mo you know, prime. I hate to say you're prime. Right. But, you know, right. where your body can be. Because I'm freaking 31 and I'm like, ooh, like <laughs> my back's kind of hurting today. Take out. Had to take out the trash. I can only <laughs> Me too. I can only imagine being a dancer. It's right. extremely taxing on your body. It is. My joints are so that being said, what's the lifespan of a dancer? Could you keep going on? I'm sure there's people who keep going on tour, but it depends because I know people that are close to 40 still dancing, which is doing the tour life and everything. Yeah. Like that sounds like hell, though. Um, I don't want to do it, but it's if their body can take it and they love it. I'm like all fucking for it. And they look young, which is great. If you start looking old at a young age, good luck. Wow. Probably tougher than I would think sexism wise on women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just I just think that your body can handle so many things. So I think if you're a dancer, if if you're someone looking to be a professional dancer, I'm not saying don't be a dancer. Like I say do it because if that's your dream, if that's your passion, if that's what you want, a, like a bucket list kind of thing, do it. Like, please do it. Sure. But just understand that there is an end to that career and maybe think about what else you can do or if you want to choreograph or maybe you'll get more into like the there's directing more, there's thing more or... money in choreography oh my god you make so much more money being a choreographer okay so much more money and also great and the dancer is like a step to that yeah i think like for me personally a great choreographer if you're not a dancer. well it depends because that has been very wish-washy throughout this shit because i think Depending on what you're choreographing for, if you're like choreographing for, I don't know, it doesn't matter. If you're just teaching, I think that you, you should have a little bit of a resume because if you're going to teach people, you should like, well, and if know like Rihanna's going to hire you to do choreography for her world tour or right. JLo. So that, yes, they're exactly. going to want to know that you've like been on a tour, a I think world tour, there's, right? There's <laughs> different danced. ways of doing it, but I also think that anyone can choreograph now. There's so many people who are choreographing for classes and don't have any resume. And as long as they're working with artists, no resume of anything. Oh, that's it's it's weird. It's not weird because that's what they want to do. But it's also like, I just hope that they're being good teachers and teaching for the right reason. And da -da -da -da. Mm. I don't know. I have a lot of opinions about that shit. And I don't think a lot of those opinions might be liked by people. So I'm just. I, oh, meaning like in gonna. the industry? I don't know. I'm just. I think your opinions are freaking welcomed and I love like you. and embraced. We love your opinion. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Why not? I I think too that they're. It's kind of like in styling. There's like so much secrecy. Yeah. And like I remember wanting to find out like how much do I charge someone for a red carpet? No yeah. one talks about it. No one does. No, no one, one does. And even I mean I had worked with a stylist early early on in my career for not a long time. Mm -hmm. She was the literal worst person yeah very difficult person to work with and i thought i don't like the way she does business but even when it came to how much she charges for a red carpet it was 
veiled in privacy, secrecy. And I get yeah. why. But there's no handbook. Yeah. I don't know style or that's with styling. I ended up learning through, I was thankfully friends with people in the industry. And I said, and who had worked with stylists at a certain caliber of their career. Mm-hmm. And I said, how much is so, how much is Brad Goreski charging your ass to style you? How much? And she mm-hmm. told me how much. And I'm like, Dang. <laughs> right. Well, I'm about to up my rate. Yeah. This was a decade ago, but you know, or Rachel Zoe. Or, yeah, that's I remember asking my friend, how much does Rachel Zoe charge mm. you to style? And she told me her rate. And I was like, shit. But that yeah. So then I I knew I needed to charge a lot more. And it's um, and that's and that's the hard part. I still even struggle when people are like, All right, how much do you how much do you charge? And I always get so uncomfortable because I have a really bad relationship with money too. Like from my childhood and shit, it just all combined Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, I'm not worth a lot of money and I don't know anything. So just like, I don't know, just like give me what, whatever you want. A lot of people do that though. Yeah. I think it's easy to do that because you don't know. So I think being honest and vocal about shit is really important because I I still have to ask around and I'm where I'm at. I'm not saying I'm the best answer or the most like successful, but even where I'm at, I still have to ask. So I think people need to understand that it is really important to ask questions to just like anybody if you have a question. So a lot of it's based on, of course, your skill. You got to be a good dancer to yeah. get on a tour or to get on a show. Or anyway, But yeah. I'm sure a lot of it has to do too with appearance. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed with like the Black Lives Matter movement, and I don't know, there's been a real focus on which I love hiring people of color, getting mm-hmm. it to be more diverse. That's, I don't think that's been as big of a problem in the dance world. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. That's actually a question I would ask you. Has it been a, a situation where you're like, there's not as much diversity and you're seeing more diversity now? Or has it always been pretty diverse melting pot? I think the dance industry has been way more diverse yeah. than any other industry. And I think that the dance industry I'm not even going to front like I think my community inspires the world. So we're way ahead of the time, I think, personally, in regards Um, to in regards to everything like diversity and just like. Being, a, I don't know, there's something so special about the dance industry and I'm so grateful to be a part of it. Because, I will say that little dance bubble yeah. and I've gotten to tip my toe. Actually, I've gone full dive into yes, it dive only on it, because baby. with the friends that I have yeah. that are in it, but there's a fluidity in mm-hmm. it. I think that you're right in yeah. regards to like how even like sexually, mentally. Sexually is a big one. It's a really big one because when you move your body, that is very, very f-ing sensual. And it it's like... Mm-hmm understanding your sexuality is so powerful in my opinion and that's what humans are like we're mammals if we're gonna be like straight up we're here to like recreate and just like live our lives so sex is a big part (laughs) of our lives and with dance it's just like everyone's so free and you get to dance with people and it's just such like everyone's so much more free in the dance industry is there a lot of hooking up going on in the dance world uh On that note, we're going to end it right there. I know. A low show cliffhanger. Do the dancers hook up while they're on tour? Absolutely, they do. It's like a freaking sex fest. But we're going to dive into that on next week's episode. We're going to continue the conversation. See, here's the thing. I didn't want to cut this part out of the low show. I want to continue it. So that's why we're getting a part two. And that will be next week. But Haley opens up about what life is like on tour, hooking up with dancers. We also talk about when the singer 
hooks up with their backup dancer. Oh, that's a very common thing. So we get into that. And of course, we go into dating, what it's like dating during a pandemic. What the hell's going on in our sex life? Also, Haley has a hilarious dating confession while she's been in this pandemic. It's so good. Tea to spill with Haley Fitzgerald. I love it. So that's going to be coming up next week on part two of the conversation with her. I'm very excited for this weekend because you guys have slid into the DMs and recommended some amazing shows. So Night Stalker was something you guys have been messaging me about. You got to watch Night Stalker. I want to watch it. It's like number one on Netflix right now. And I I was going to watch it during the week. And I said, you know what? Nope. I'm going to hold off because I want to make my jalapeno cornbread. I want my nice fresh bowl of chili that I'm going to make from scritchy scratch. And I want to have the whole situation like a nice little meal while I watch Night Stalker about a guy who terrorized the city of Los Angeles on a murder spree. So I'll be watching that. That's part one of my weekend. Part two of the weekend, I'm going to finish Bridgerton. Oh, my God. You guys also recommended that show to me. Mm, So good. I love it. I don't know if I love Queen's Gambit or Bridgerton more. Both are phenomenal shows, but I'm going to do a review on Night Stalker and also Bridgerton. So that's going to be a future episode. Next week, of course, will be part two of my conversation with Haley. We have an episode about recapping my favorite Netflix shows that you guys have recommended to me. And great news. My mama is coming back. The queen, the elusive queen. Now she has a publicist, an agent, a manager. It's very tough to get in touch with her now. <laughs> she doesn't have all that, but she definitely is elusive. And she's so funny. I love having her on the show. And I know you guys have enjoyed her as much as I have. And I said, Queen, you got to come back to the low show. The low lifers have requested that you come back. They really want to hear more from you. And I'm sure they don't they didn't say that. I said, well, people definitely loved having you on the show. And uh, you have to come back. I'm sure you're just saying that. They don't want me back. I, I'm like, yeah, they do. Get your ass back over here queen so yeah i reeled her back in also my father's going to be on an episode you guys finally get to meet my dad who's been hiding from me and not wanting to be on the podcast but now i'm forcing his hand to be on it so that would be great (laughs) and other members of my family too i'm going to be interviewing and having them on the low show and i look at it like this these are people that bring me so much joy and love and they're just all of me. They're my heart. So why wouldn't I want to share them on the podcast? If they bring me joy, they're bound to bring you some joy too. They're just really good people with really fascinating stories. And yeah, I'm excited to have them on future episodes too. There's a lot coming up in store for the Low Show. I have to say, I'm learning how this whole algorithm, Apple Podcasts, how it works to have a successful podcast show. And so thank you guys. I say this on every episode, but when you leave a comment and subscribe and do the five-star rating, it helps. I'm learning. With the algorithm, when you leave a comment and a five-star rating and you subscribe, that helps because it works into the algorithm to keep your show afloat. It lets advertisers, it lets my producers know that people are actually uh, listening and engaged. And there's a whole thing that goes into analytics and stuff like that. But anyway, it's important. And I appreciate you taking the time to do it. For every five-star rating and every comment review, I, I just thank you for doing that. It means a lot. My little low life fam. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend ahead. Maybe do a mud mask, watch some Night Stalker or something good on Netflix. Maybe order a little Postmates, have a little delicious treat. But don't forget to drink your water, puta, because I know you're thirsty. I love you and I'm out. We keep it moving, yeah, we do.